First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. When our senior minister, Reverend Amy Petrie Shaw, announced their resignation a month ago, I felt for a moment like I had been thrown out of orbit. Their announcement seemed sudden, and I know I'm not the only one who felt thrown off track. But on a personal note, it seemed even more shaking as it coincided with the retirement of my first minister, a very dear friend and mentor who began his ministry in Ames 10 years ago. This cosmic alignment of sorts felt particularly shaking because I thought soon I might not have anyone I could look to as a minister. I went to bed that night and I tried sleeping. I woke up and I went to work that morning and I couldn't focus. But slowly, I found my way back to the orbital track I had been on. We're on the cusp of a year with a lot of changes in store. And yet something about this feels familiar. When I first started coming to this congregation six years ago, our previous senior minister was preparing to retire, setting us down the path of another interim ministry. These cycles of events are remarkably different in their circumstances, but remarkably similar also. Which seems to be how the passing of seasons go. Summer solstice, the longest point of the year, comes and goes every 365 days, but each day that it falls on is a different variation on a theme. And I think that makes a pretty good metaphor to guide us through the changes in the coming year. As an astronomical event that comes and goes each year, the regularity of the summer solstice can help reorient us in the face of disorder, sorrow, or conflict. The stories, metaphors, and analogies that we can draw out of this time, out of any time, can help us get back on our tracks and keep moving. While familiarity can feel comforting to some, there may be others who are dreading how familiar this feels. Over the last few weeks, I've heard people express dissatisfaction with the ministries we've had in the last few years. I've heard people worry that we might find the ministries to come equally dissatisfying. And this, I think, is the first lesson that the solstice can teach us. That time is, in fact, a spiral, not a circle. In the myth of the wheel of the year, which some Wiccans celebrate, the summer solstice is a stage for cosmic conflict. Here, the god of the waxing year, the oak king, fights the god of the waning year, the holly king. In this sacred story, the holly king wins tilting the world back away from its longest days down the slow slope to midwinter. And then the Oak King will have his victory again, and the cosmic cycle will renew. 
This story seems to repeat itself year after year after year, changing about as little as the sun seems to change each solstice. However, writing about another festival on the wheel of the year, Laura Marjorie Miller observes that this isn't exactly true. In an article she wrote for the Elephant Journal in 2013, she observed that paganism being cyclic, the ancient cycle says the god will be restored, rather like he is just going away for a few months on vacation. I'm going to be a heterodox pagan here and say this is almost right. But instead of a circle, think of a spiral. The god who comes back is, but also is not the same god. Just as the phoenix who rises out of the ashes is and is not the same phoenix. Just as Gandalf the White is and isn't any longer Gandalf the Grey. Just as the new year arrives in January and is not as the same as the old year. And just as the doctor, when he regenerates in Doctor Who, both is and is not the same doctor. The sun crossing the northern part of our, our horizon is both the same sun that crossed a year ago and different. It's atoms another year older and closer to their eventual dissolution into other celestial bodies. The solstice is the same as last year's, yet different with different weather, different world events, different people. Whatever new ministry our church engages in will be unquestionably different from whatever came before, no matter how similar it may feel or we may feel. Great astronomical events like this one help ground us in the cycles and passage of time. Amid unfamiliarity, they can center us and remind us of familiarity, making the certain, the uncertain, more bearable. These cycles of time can help us see the ebb and flow of life in other ways. As a spiral, a coil, we watch the arcs of time that we think are distinct overlap with each other. As Reverend Lynn Unger writes in our first reading, but isn't that just the way of things? The loss of a job feels like the world is crashing to an end, but turns out to be the seed of a new career. And, of course, the endings, middles, and beginnings all overlap. Few events in our lives are truly as standalone or isolated as they seem in the moment. That's not to say that the pain or the grief or the apprehension we feel from this moment don't matter. Instead, it's to say that every event in our lives is connected to a multitude of other events. Some beginnings, some endings, and many, many middles. This moment can feel a little bit like the saying, one door opens and another, one door closes and another door opens. Except this door is a foot off the ground, sideways, and on the other side of the house. It's not necessarily what we wanted or where we wanted it to be. We're not even sure right now that we'll fit through. It's different and not where we expected it to be, but it is still a door. 
a way through, nevertheless. This moment can lead us to notice what else is around us now that the big door we expected to go through isn't here anymore. Where are the other doors? Where are the windows? Where are our strengths here in this room, here in this congregation? While we may grieve the departure of our senior minister, now is also the time to turn to and support the ministers that have been here the whole time. Perhaps now, more than ever before in the last year, we need to take this lesson wherever we can get it. Taking a step back from our present moment and reorienting ourselves in the larger cycles of time or congregational life can help us regain our equilibrium as a community. This grander perspective, I think, is the third lesson the solstice can teach us. In the heat of the moment, especially in the midst of great changes, we might find ourselves fixing our gaze rigidly on our own small arcs of the sky. I certainly think this is the kind of thing that Louise Gluck cautions her readers against in our second reading. We can readily comfort ourselves in a conviction that we alone have the answer our world needs, some singular solution that could fuse us into a whole, some enlargement of ourselves, perhaps. But for what? To be single in the eyes of heaven? Again, it's not to say that our individual perspectives are without merit or value or impact, but it is to say that our individual appraisals of the situation are important and that they exist alongside and intertwining with so many other individual appraisals of the same situation. Sharing community with one another asks us to recognize that our own needs and the needs of others simultaneously. To recognize that these can't exist outside the context of one another if we are really going to be this close together for this long. The solstice will come and go, and we will each make something slightly different of it. But if we are going to commit to being together for the long haul in this community, we can't get lost in the weeds of the slight differences in how we perceive things. So what do we make of this? Returning to my story in the beginning of the sermon, do you want to know what got me back into orbit? Being in community here in this place, got me back into orbit. Meeting with the other members of the interim search committee and hearing their hopes and dreams for our congregation helped get me back on orbit. Realizing how much we minister to each other has helped ground me again. Each of us have unique gifts. Each of us have unique gifts and insights that we can bring to this community 
that can strengthen and grow it. There's not anything that uniquely qualifies the summer solstice to teach us this lesson. And yet, as the herald of our year's longest days, it's an obvious marker in time. And I also find it conveniently placed a week after our minister's last Sunday in the pulpit. Although our present moment is full of uncertainty, we can also find familiar contours in the spiraling arcs of time before. This new year is different from any other year, and yet, unsurprisingly, similar. As we move forward, let's remember that despite all our trepidations and anxieties, there is truly nothing new under the sun. Thank you for being here this morning.